Chapter One of Being a Boy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Penfold. Being a Boy by Charles Dudley Warner. Chapter One Being a Boy. One of the best things in the world is to be a boy. It requires no experience, though it needs some practice to be a good one. The disadvantage of the position is that it does not last long enough. It is soon over. Just as you get used to being a boy, you have to be something else, with a good deal more work to do, and not half so much fun. And yet every boy is anxious to be a man, and is very uneasy with the restrictions that are put upon him as a boy good fun as it is to yoke up the calves and play work, there is not a boy on a farm but would rather drive a yoke of oxen at real work. What a glorious feeling it is indeed when a boy is for the first time given the long whip and permitted to drive the oxen, walking by their side, swinging the long lash and shouting, Gee, Buck! Ha, Golden! Whoa, Bright! and all the rest of that remarkable language, until he is red in the face, and all the neighbors for half a mile are aware that something unusual is going on. If I were a boy, I am not sure but I would rather drive the oxen than have a birthday. The proudest day of my life was one day when I rode on the neap of the cart and drove the oxen, all alone, with a load of apples to the cider mill. I was so little that it was a wonder I didn't fall off and get under the broad wheels. Nothing could make a boy who cared anything for his appearance feel flatter than to be run over by the broad tire of a cartwheel. But I never heard of one who was, and I don't believe one ever will be. As I said, it was a great day for me, but I don't remember that the oxen cared much about it. They sagged along in their great clumsy way, switching their tails in my face occasionally, and now and then giving a lurch to this or that side of the road, attracted by a choice tuft of grass. And then I came the Julius Caesar over them, if you will allow me to use such a slang expression, a liberty I never should permit you. I don't know that Julius Caesar ever drove cattle, though he must often have seen the peasants from the Campania ha and gee them round the forum, of course in Latin, a language that those cattle understood as well as ours do English. But what I mean is that I stood up and hollered with all my might, as everybody does with oxen, as if they were born deaf, and whacked them with the long lash over the head, just as the big folks did when they drove. I think now that it was a cowardly thing to crack the patient old fellows over the face and eyes, and make them wink in their meek manner. If I am ever a boy again on a farm, I shall speak gently to the oxen, and not go screaming round the farm like a crazy man and I shall not hit them with a cruel cut with a lash every few minutes, because it looks big to do so, and I cannot think of anything else to do. I never liked lickings myself, and I don't know why an ox should like them, especially as he cannot reason about the moral improvement he is to get out of them. Speaking of Latin reminds me that I once taught my cows Latin. I don't mean that I taught them to read it, for it is very difficult to teach a cow to read Latin or any of the dead languages, a cow cares more for her cud than she does for all the classics put together. But if you begin early, you can teach a cow or a calf, if you can teach a calf anything, which I doubt, Latin as well as English. There were ten cows which I had to escort to and from pasture night and morning. 
to these cows i gave the names of the roman numerals beginning with unus and duo and going up to decem decem was of course the biggest cow of the party or at least she was the ruler of the others and had the place of honor in the stable and everywhere else i admire cows and especially the exactness with which they define their social position in this case decem could lick novem and novem could lick octo and so on down to unus who couldn't lick anybody except her own calf i suppose i ought to have called the weakest cow una instead of unus considering her sex but i didn't care much to teach the cows the declensions of adjectives in which i was not very well up myself and besides it would be of little use to a cow people who devote themselves too severely to study of the classics are apt to become dried up and you should never do anything to dry up a cow well these ten cows knew their names after a while at least they appeared to and would take their places as i called them at least if octo attempted to get for novem in going through the bars i have heard people speak of a pair of bars when there were six or eight of them or into the stable the matter of precedence was settled then and there and once settled there was no dispute about it afterwards novem either put her horns into octo's ribs and octo shambled to one side or else the two locked horns and tried the game of push and gore until one gave up nothing is stricter than the etiquette of a party of cows there is nothing in royal courts equal to it rank is exactly settled and the same individuals always have the precedence you know that at windsor castle if the royal three-ply silver stick should happen to get in front of the most royal double and twisted goldenrod when the court is going in to dinner something so dreadful would happen that we don't dare to think of it it is certain that the soup would get cold while the goldenrod was pitching the silver stick out of the castle window into the moat and perhaps the island of great britain itself would split in two but the people are very careful that it never shall happen so we shall probably never know what the effect would be among cows as i say the question is settled in short order and in a different manner from what it sometimes is in other society it is said that in other society there is sometimes a great scramble for the first place for the leadership as it is called and that women and men too fight for what is called position and in order to be first they will injure their neighbors by telling stories about them and by backbiting which is the meanest kind of biting there is not excepting the bite of fleas but in cow society there is nothing of this detraction in order to get the first place at the crib or the farther stall in the stable if the question arises the cows turn in horns and all and settle it with one square fight and that ends it i have often admired this trait in cows besides latin i used to try to teach the cows a little poetry and it is a very good plan it does not do the cows much good but it is very good exercise for a boy farmer i used to commit to memory as good short poems as i could find the cows liked to listen to thanatopsis about as well as anything and repeat them when i went to the pasture and as i drove the cows home through the sweet ferns and down the rocky slopes it improves a boy's elocution a great deal more than driving oxen it is a fact also that if a boy repeats thanatopsis while he is milking that operation acquires a certain dignity End of chapter 1. Recording by Mark Penfold.